He loves the wine. He loves the music. He loves it all. It's like the little like aristocrat inside of him. Mm-hmm. It's just like, <laughs> I can't help myself. I, I have to buy all this wine. I, I have to. He also, and by the way, every single place he lives in temporarily, mm-hmm. he renovates. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Doing renovations on like a hotel he's staying at. Like yeah. he is just like. It's not even, uh, he doesn't even own it. It's no. just like a super eight. It's at a Super 8 motel and he's like putting up new wallpaper. Right, exactly. I'm Marissa Macy, a hobby historian. I'm Trent Thompson, amateur architecture. (laughs) Amateur architect. And you're listening to Pardon Me? Pardon Me? A presidential history podcast. Uh, in today's episode, we are talking about our third president. Wow. Thomas Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. TJ. TJ? Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone called him TJ back everyone in the day. Everyone called him TJ back then. This is historical fact. That was his name. He got that name in college. So, okay. I just got to say something up top. If you have, if you're jumping in right now, Mm -hmm. I need you to go way back. I need you to listen to the first Mm -hmm. episodes. This is a podcast meant to be listened to in the order Mm -hmm. because we're going to be taking you through a historical journey Mm -hmm. vis-a-vis all of the presidents Mm -hmm. Um, and Thomas Jefferson. Yeah. Did a lot. Was involved in a lot. We've got a lot of opinions. Um, yes. This is not a, uh, uh, this is a complicated guy. He's a complicated man yeah. for a complicated nation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. So, so. <laughs> there is a, there is a quote that I often heard said of, of Thomas Jefferson. I will not be able to get it correct, but it was essentially, if Thomas Jefferson is wrong, America is wrong. If America is right, Thomas Jefferson is right. And I was like, wow, that's well, I guess I can't, I guess can't argue with that. So, okay. So we've been dealing with, so far we've had Washington, mm-hmm. Adams, and now Jefferson. These are three people that yeah. are very widely considered to be kind of like the, these are founding fathers. Yes. These are like early presidents mm-hmm. that, you know, you probably spent a lot of time learning about. Mm-hmm. If you learned about any presidents, you, you may have learned about these people. Adams less so, but like these, they, they all did yes. very important things at the beginning of this nation. We all know who Thomas Jefferson is. Yes. His, he's on the money. He's on the money. Although, well, he explicitly did not want to be on the money because he thought it was, you know, royalist. Right. Um, and let me just say, his, uh, his ideologies mm-hmm. were not really on the money. No, Either. they were not. Oh. <laughs> A little wordplay for you. Well, that was good. I yeah. like that. He wrote the Declaration of Independence. Yes. And if that is all he had ever done. He would still be He would still be. Books. Yes. That is not all he did. This is not all he did. And I'm, I, so here, here, okay. George Washington, I feel like we... Our aim is to be critical of every single person we talk about on this podcast, even the most beloved presidents. I know in our John Adams episode, Mm -hmm. we were less critical because I I feel like there is less stuff to be critical. He's critical of it. He's almost perfect. He's pretty perfect. He's pretty perfect. Um, And we love John Adams. We love John Adams. We love him. (laughs) And Jefferson is not quite like... He's like very much on the... 
They, they weren't total polar opposites. There was some overlap in their thinking. They yeah. did work together in many contexts. They did. But they're very different yeah. as far as their... Yes. I, to me, it's not so much a party issue. Mm -hmm. This is the thing about Jefferson. He um, was not... So Adams is a, was a realist. Yes. And Jefferson was an idealist. Yes. And he was not interested in specifics or really mm -hmm. playing things out in his head. Mm -hmm. um, he kind of just had these like overarching visions of perfection that was possible. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it's this idea of if it, if it could exist in his head, then it could exist in mm -hmm. the world. Mm -hmm. um, he, I like don't even really know where to begin. Like, because a couple things just yes. to go on the, the beginning of his life. Sure. Um, he was born in 1743. Okay. Uh, he was born into an already pretty wealthy Virginian yes. his planter. Mother, his mother was a Randolph. Okay. Now, if you remember on our AOC episode, we discussed Peyton Randolph. Correct. One of the presidents of the Continental Congress who mm -hmm. died at Thomas Jefferson's house. What I did not learn until recently is this Peyton Randolph was his uncle slash possibly cousin. I wasn't mm -hmm. clear. His mother was a Randolph. This was okay. an aunt also. There was this very catty entry where Thomas Jefferson, who did not commonly describe people, but he, not like our beloved John Adams, where he says that he feels that his uncle's, you know, health condition was due to his poor diet. He was body shaming him. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, mm -hmm. let's start the list. Let's start the list. Of, of things his... about Thomas Jefferson we don't like. Body shamer. Body shamer. Okay. Okay. Let's move along. Noted. Um, so he's born into this, right? right? I think we talked about Washington as like he was born into some privilege, but he yes. he he kind of built up to that life. His, so his mother was, I think, had some money. His mm -hmm. uh, well, Washington did have money in the family. Yes. His father died and put a lot of his personal fortunes in jeopardy. Mm -hmm. um, Adams, by contrast was what would have been called the middling class. His father mm -hmm. was a deacon, but also a cobbler and things like that. Thomas Jefferson, straight up, like, aristocracy. No yes. doubt about it. No doubt he about is it. born into wealth. Virginian his, dynasty. Yeah, his yeah. dad His dad is, like, a pioneer guy. So he's got that, like, new money, like, patoo, patoo bullshit going on. Yeah. Um, Thomas Jefferson's first memory, very famously, is at two years old being carried on a pillow by a slave. Yeah. That is his very first memory. And mm -hmm. so to him, there is no life outside of one where there is a literal, like, team of people working at the service of himself and his family. That is standard issue for him. That is baseline for him. So that sets him apart very much from both of our uh, previous presidents. Yes. Unfortunately, like prior to 1770, there's no personal papers that remain because there was a fire at his childhood home, the mm -hmm. Shadwell fire. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's just not that much yeah. that we know. We don't really know that much about his relationship with his mother, Jane, mm -hmm. but um, his father passed away in 1757. Mm -hmm. And this is the start of... Jefferson inheriting all of this land yeah. and these slaves mm -hmm. and the, his own wealth from his father. Mm -hmm. um, in 1760, 1762, he attends mm -hmm. the College of William and Mary. 
Apparently, he was a really obsessive student. Shockingly, he loved to read. Mm -hmm. Um, And he would spend hours playing his violin, which just, I I would love to know if he was any good. I think he was. You think he was pretty good? I think he was pretty good. He practiced three hours a day, so. Yeah. I I mean, mean, he, you know, he started reading when he was seven years old, his father's library. He was was the most prolific reader now. Not a fan of fiction. Did not care for fiction. He thought it rotted the mind. And he only like, and uh, you know, he would he would read like nonfiction. Um, That's a pretty common like idea at the time that fiction was like. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. like watching TV. It was like, like, yeah. like binge watching TV. Basically. Yeah. Like, this trash. Um, he, yeah. At, at uh, the College of William and Mary, he made friends with a Professor Smalls who was a, was a, a the philosophy professor and was able to introduce him to all of these people who had uh, were thinking enlightened thoughts and John Locke and all these things and you know real life people and also just the philosophy so he's you know when it's history time they're like he read 12 hours a day it's like what the hell was he reading for 12 hours well they didn't have textbooks you were just reading books you just read books it could have been they could have there was no like this is the good book to read for this thought, and here's what you should be getting from it. You know what I mean? I, yeah. And this, it, it was just like, I don't know, maybe this book's good, maybe it's not. You have to think about it, you know? Um, so, yeah, I guess you could read 8,000 know, books. I don't know. It's um, like, where do you start? Where do you end? Yeah. No, one, no, no like, yeah. teachers being like, hey, now... Yeah. Uh, now we're get since we always read the Great Gatsby. Yeah, we're gonna read the Great Gatsby. It's freshman now. year. It's freshman year, read, so we're reading the Great, Great Gatsby. Gatsby. Like, yeah, I think canon was like not as established at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, a lot of books. A lot of books. And he acquires acquires a lot of books, much like John Adams. Yes. So, I mean, you, I think you would want His, whoever's president to be pretty well read. Well read. I mean. Okay, so yeah, I don't yeah. begrudge him having. I certainly don't begrudge, begrudge him having books. I will say, uh, no, we're taking him to task. Listen, everything. Listen, Tommy. Too many books. Too many books. Too much reading. Marie Kondo is here, and she says too much clutter. Now his book collection does end up becoming essentially the Library of Congress. Yeah. Later in life, I don't yeah. want to skip ahead, but since we're talking about the books, he ends up having to sell them mm-hmm. because of he too many debts. Listen. And the United States, well. The debts. The debts is a whole other thing, yeah. (sighs) This guy had bad credit score. He had, yeah, this is. (laughs) I mean, basically, at the end of his life, it was just the fact that no one wanted to, you know, repossess the home of the former president, you know. They're like, we gotta wait till he dies. I mean, they essentially did. They did. Yeah. Um, and we respectfully. Respect, respectfully, we respectfully. are going to uh, repossess your We're home. Repossess Tom Strips, and we love you. Love you're you. the best. You're like, you're so good. Uh, 1976, Pursuit of happiness. Love it. Love it. Uh. And yet. And yet. There's going to be an auction. And it's going to be lit. This, this imported Bordeaux is going in my belly. Sorry. 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 So, okay. He studies law mm-hmm. with George with w-y-t-h with with sure uh and 1767 he officially starts practicing law mm-hmm. blah 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 he wasn't much 17- of a lawyer huh i don't think he was much of a lawyer. i don't think he was much of a lawyer i mean yeah. he he stopped practicing law like 1774 mm-hmm. so 
less than was that 10 years yeah. less than 10 years he does that so clearly it's not his bag mm-hmm. he does not go back to it or like anything like that mm-hmm. later in life so mm-hmm. um but 1768 he is elected to the virginia house of burgesses oh, yeah and um he also that year begins mm-hmm. literally leveling the mountaintop at monticello mm-hmm. so i just want to paint the picture from now on Mm-hmm. This guy is mm-hmm. doing Reno after Reno yes. after yes. Reno. Yes. It is expensive. Monticello is torn down and re-put up six to seven times. Yep. Completely. Now, just tearing down your house up, down, up. And he, and, you know, it's on, not literally like. on the backs of other people. And literally. Yeah, yeah. And also, like, the house was not ever completed and nice. No. It was always in this like kind of state of disrepair because it was always kind of like being okay. I'm gonna. <clears throat> there is this cement pagoda that my mother always liked to move around her yard, mm-hmm. and the thing weighed like fifty pounds, and I would move it for her. And then finally, I would say, "No more. I need you to point at a spot, and then a week later, point at the same spot, and then I will move it to that spot." And she was never able to move, point to that spot twice. This is what Thomas Jefferson makes me think of. Every president mm-hmm. has similarities mm-hmm. to your mother. I think that's what we're clearly trying to establish. <laughs> I don't know if we've advertised this enough, but this is not only a presidential mm-hmm. history podcast, yes. this is a family trauma podcast. <laughs> family trauma processing podcast. Yes. Yeah. It's important. It's important. Thank you for letting me do this. <laughs> so, okay. 1768, Virginia House of Burgess. Mm-hmm. And he's starting this journey mm-hmm. on his uh, Monticello madness. Mm-hmm. In the House of Burgess, mm-hmm. House of Burgess. Is it House of Burgesses? Or do we don't know. Is that what you're is that what you're hedging against I by doing the line? I S? made some of these notes in haste. Mm. And I don't know if <laughs> let's call it the H O B. Okay. The hop. The hop. <laughs> he uh What is a Burgess? That would probably help us. <laughs> what no. is a Burgess? Is it pluralized or is it possessive? <laughs> Listen, I don't, I don't appreciate being called out like this. Okay. Burgesses. <laughs> Burgesses. Let us know. Write to us. Write to us. Are we'll you issue a... an official correction, whether it's Burgess, <laughs> yeah. Burgesses. What does it mean? What do you mean? We don't really want to Google it. It's no, not, we don't. We have too much to cover to really get into <laughs> no. the weeds about We're this specific gonna... word. <laughs> One thing we don't want to do is get caught up on this. We want to no. sail past We want to sail past this. But, 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 but. But, we will, but please write us in. And, write us in. And let us know <laughs> about this issue. Yes. H-O-B, the hob. H-O-B's. Um, in this, I just want to note that he he's starting his journey on his republicanism. Yeah. He's opposing all forms of parliamentary taxation. Mm-hmm. He is um, supporting non-importation resolutions. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, this is also, I believe, the start of his true hypocrisy because mm-hmm. he's He's at he's supporting these non-importation mm-hmm. resolutions, but at the same time, he imports mm-hmm. a very expensive piano from London. Yes. Um, Import as I say, not as I do. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
And this is like in violation of the non-importation yes. resolution. Yes. Um, and I think he was like, I'll just like hide it until the resolution's over was like his thought. He did the same thing with some windows a few years mm-hmm. later. And and I just want to know at this point, like Thomas Jefferson is not like a key player in mm-hmm. like even in Virginia politics. Mm-hmm. Like he's kind of just like there. He's okay. Young. He's young, he's there, and very he really, soft-spoken. he's he very soft-spoken, hates public mm-hmm. speaking, all yeah. this stuff. So he prefers the written word. Yeah. Huge paper trail, mm-hmm. this guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, so <laughs> marries Martha in 1772. Mm-hmm. She is through through her, he gets some dowry, mm-hmm. which includes some more land and some mm-hmm. slaves. Mm-hmm. So imagine the empire, yeah. the privilege, mm-hmm. the um, this lifestyle. Yeah. The, the, her father passes away yes. not long after their marriage. Yes. And yes. among, um, he inherits some debts. He also inherits a lot of land and he also inherits a substantial amount of uh, enslaved persons. Yes. Among them, two children of his father-in-law's mistress so oh, yeah so his web. but yeah so so sally hemmings who of course we all know will become his uh you know uh partner that's a word that's a word we'll start with that for right we'll now we'll start with that and we'll get to it was yeah. also his sister-in-law okay right i mean that's his uh, oh his wife's father's oh my God. daughter Okay. So his half, so that would be her half sister. Okay. So this is his half sister in law. Okay. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. That's just the surface level of it. I mean, y- yes. I, I like no. I mean, it's just like mm-hmm. the, it. So it's so complicated. I am intentionally choosing as uncharged and undescriptive of as a word as I can, just to get through the sentence. Yeah. <laughs> Um, These sentences are difficult to get through. Some, some of them Jefferson are. is really hard to talk about because yeah. he did a lot of bad things. Yeah. And yeah. Um, but he is also touted as being like the greatest American. And right. it well, is. Yeah. So, okay. His first daughter is born. This is Patsy. She, mm-hmm. I believe, is one of the few ones that actually like lives for any yes. uh, like yes. significant amount of time. Any significant of time. Yeah. And she is the only one who outlives him. Okay. Yeah. So she lives to adulthood, well into adulthood. Yeah. yeah. And 1775, this is ground we have treaded the last mm-hmm. two, three episodes, mm-hmm. actually. So ele- he's elected to the Continental Congress. Before that, he had a daughter, mm-hmm. Jane, who dies that same year. Yeah. Um, she's like, I think, a year old, less than a year old. Yes. I just want to note, at the Continental Congress, mm-hmm. uh, as far as we know, he did not deliver a single speech. Mm-hmm. And John Adams will later recall that he uh, really never heard him utter more than mm-hmm. like three sentences together. So yeah. I just want to note, not a big player. Not no. a big player. Well, now, he was a committee man. That's okay. what I will give him. And I think that's where he and John Adams, because, of course, John Adams was on more committees than anyone. Yep. And he did say Thomas Jefferson was a good committee man. He was a good writer and mm-hmm. all those things. So um, we'll give him a point there. That'll give him a point. We'll give him a point. So he wrote um, uh, this. I don't. It wasn't a book. It was like a work yeah. summary review. 
Yeah. Um, and he and this it's good to know that he put down a real tough position on England, mm-hmm. denounced all British authority. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was seen as someone who was a big, big, big rebel guy mm-hmm. and uh, was very much an opponent to any kind of moderation uh, yeah. as they move forward. So this is just how everyone's viewing him. He's mm-hmm. like in these committees. He's doing his writing. Mm-hmm. He's not like a big, big, big player. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is involved. He's just not like vocal. And he's kind of seen as like on the fringe as a radical. 1776. Oh, mm-hmm. by the way, as soon as this Continental Congress is over, right back to Monticello. Yeah. He's always trying to get back to Monticello. Always trying to get back. At the time, mm-hmm. the social mores were that one had to feign disinterest in authority or power. Yeah. So, oh, no, I couldn't. Oh, I couldn't. So it's hard to say, you know. Yeah. Though I really don't. He hated public speaking. Yeah. So, like... And he was a big introvert. Yeah. He was very thin-skinned. Yeah. He was real. I mean, I don't think it's amazing mm-hmm. that he, like, rose as high as he did politically, yeah. like, with all of this. So, yeah. uh, of course, we get to the to the um, the thing that we all know about Jefferson, that he drafted the Declaration of Independence mm-hmm. in 1776. Okay. I have some... I have many thoughts oh, do you have on notes? this. I have so many notes on this. Okay. About the, the declaration. So this is one of those things where it's like, we feel like we know. Mm-hmm. Oh, he went and he wrote it and everyone was mm-hmm. like, yay. And then mm-hmm. they like passed it. And it mm-hmm. was like, wow, Jefferson, like amazing mm-hmm. job. Mm-hmm. First of all, they were busy with a war already at this point. Yeah. So drafting the Declaration of the of Independence was really not that big of a deal. No. Like when it was drafted. Yeah. It became a big deal, but mm-hmm. it was not like they were not like, here, here's this amazing, awesome, yeah. super important job, buddy. Like yeah, yeah. you go do this. They were just kind of like, okay. Yeah. It was and, given They were like, you and Adams can yeah, do this. Adams. Adams was like, you can draft it. Well, Adams was like, you have to do this. Yeah. Because you're a southerner. This needs to come from a southerner. And also, you are liked and I am not. And if this comes from me, it will not pass. But if it comes from you, then it will. Adam's always knowing the deal. Yes. Always. Adam's is self-aware. Yes. And Jefferson, Jefferson not so much. Less so. Yeah. Um, so he writes this, by the way. Mm-hmm. There, I just want to know. This is, okay. This may not be a big deal. I don't think it was even a, really that big of a deal at the time. But I think it's important to note that there was a little bit of a cut and paste job here with the Declaration of Independence. I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't. Uh huh. Oh. Yeah. What is this? Uh huh. Or what? So, <clears throat> oh, you thought he just like pulled I, all of that out of his head, just like I did. Ba-da-da-da-da. I was led to believe that. Well, your history teachers lied to you. I was lied to. You were lied to in school. Oh. Imagine that. Yeah. Did he plagiarize the Declaration of Independence? So, okay. I don't think that like. This is, I'm a little fuzzy on, like, how big of a controversy this really Mm -hmm. was, but Mm -hmm. it did come up, like, later on in his life as more of a Mm -hmm. controversy Mm -hmm. when he was trying to really paint the picture of how history Mm -hmm. really was. Um, Hold on a second here. I'm gonna, I don't want to, like, be a Jefferson apologist, but I do want to put this, I do want to kind of point this out. He didn't necessarily know how big this thing was going to be by your own admission. Correct. Um, George Mason had written yes. the preamble in the Virginia Constitution. <clears throat> oh. And I will now read what he wrote. And oh, you this tell is me. be like that scene where they play Michelle Obama and also <laughs> Melania saying yes. the same speech. Yes, I'm yes, ready yes. for it. Exactly. Okay. Quote All men are created equally free and independent and have certain inherent and natural rights. 
among which are the enjoyment of life and liberty with the means of acquiring and possessing property and pursuing and obtaining happiness and safety. This was published, mm-hmm. and within the week, Jefferson was believed to be drafting. So, again, they're not exact words, and it's okay that he... I don't think it's wrong that he borrowed things. Mm-hmm. I'm just pointing this out because... He gets so much dang credit for certain things, yeah. but it really was not that big. Like, I'm literally, yes, I am saying Declaration of Independence, yeah. not that big of a deal. Oh, wow. That's what I'm saying. I, you know what? I'm not going to argue with uh, with you on it. I'm going to be honest because yeah. now <clears throat> my primary resource for this podcast was the documentary done by Coward Ken Burns. And Coward Ken Burns? Coward Ken Burns. Come for me, Coward. Um, no, by Ken Burns and... These historians could not have a bigger boner for the Declaration of Independence. They're like, these words resonate. You know, like, all right, yes. (laughs) No, like, of course it was important, but it's just like, yeah, it's like made into this monument of like. uh, Here's what uh, Thomas Jefferson did for us as a country. We were bouncing around, like, trying to figure out who we were. And he was like, listen to me. You were born with these rights. Nobody can take them away from you. You deserve to be happy. You deserve to be free. And you deserve to have your best life, a girl. (laughs) And that's why we love him so much. Because no matter what he did wrong, at the end of the day, when we were down... When we we were out, yeah. we didn't know what was going to happen. He lifted us up. Lifted us up. Now, was Wait. were his words hypocritical? Yes. Is he himself full of shit? Yes. I'm actually tearing up just thinking about this bullshit. <gasps> it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. He, he, he repre- I think, like, in an easy way, mm-hmm. he represents this. Like, if we simplify it down, if we, mm-hmm. if we distill it down and... And I think we do that a lot with American history because yeah. it's difficult to talk about the nuance because it, they are difficult topics, right? Because, yeah. you know, the freedom wasn't really free. Mm-hmm. And this country was built on the backs of people who were already here on this land and people that mm-hmm. were brought here to uh, that were enslaved. So mm-hmm. um, when we talk about freedom, it is very nuanced. It's way more complicated. Um, but I think like in school and in the popular culture, we sort of like we put the Declaration of Independence on this pedestal mm-hmm. along with Thomas Thomas Jefferson because it is kind mm-hmm. of this like, yes, freedom, this is it. This mm-hmm. is, you know, like these are the ideals. And like, yes, there was this freedom from Britain, this freedom mm-hmm. from monarchy, this changing tide and how politics were worked and democracy. That mm-hmm. is all correct. Yeah. But, um, you know, he at the same time, like, even though these words have importance to us, these were not original ideas Mm -hmm. straight from Jefferson. And I also want to note that he did spend a very long time Mm -hmm. in his draft of the Declaration of Independence, just like taking George III to task. Yes. And he just went on and on. And he also condemned England for... Mm -hmm. Slip, like bringing slavery to the Americas, mm-hmm. but then also condemn them for not ending it. And it was just mm-hmm. like a lot, right? Yeah. He's putting in, he's clearly got some complicated feelings mm-hmm. about the issue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 
he very often will work out his personal demons in the political sphere. This is an example of that. Yes. He is like projecting. He's a big projector. Mm-hmm. Um, so also, by the way, mm-hmm. he was in favor of ending the slave trade. Yeah. This is the, the, his position will change and he'll become very silent on the issue of yes. slavery as the years go on. Yes. But this is earlier in his career. Um, his position was that he he was all for ending the slave trade in Virginia. Mm-hmm. However, ending the slave trade in Virginia mm-hmm. was not synonymous with ending slavery, first mm-hmm. of all. And uh, oppo- or sorry, oppo- yeah, opposing the slave trade would sort of morally absolve him a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, make him feel good about himself mm-hmm. and make him seem like a very like you know a, a mm. progressive guy like, mm-hmm. listen i i'd love to end slavery i just can't that's yeah. like kind of his refrain um but the fact was that new arrivals mm-hmm. of enslaved people mm-hmm. vis-a-vis the slave trade mm-hmm. actually like um decrease the value of the current slave population i, I was so, gonna say yes yeah so listen everything that he does involve says mm-hmm. involving Slavery, mm-hmm. the slave trade, mm-hmm. all of his white supremacist, white supremacist, white, I can't even say it, white, white supremacist crap mm-hmm. is like so self-serving yes. and so like, what can I say that's going to make this seem like I'm yeah. the good, he really saw himself as this like benevolent, mm-hmm. like patriarchal mm-hmm. guy. He was like, he was quote unquote, one of the good ones is like mm-hmm. what he thought, right? Mm-hmm. Which by the way, there are no good ones. So like. Yeah. That's what he thought. That's how he saw himself. He also mm-hmm. built Monticello, by the way, mm-hmm. to um, make slavery be as invisible as possible. So mm-hmm. people who visit Monticello may be like, oh, oh, maybe he is one of the good ones. Mm-hmm. He seems like kind of a good guy with mm-hmm. all this. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, just I'm putting all that out there. Yeah. All this stuff got cut out. Mm-hmm. Um, Dickinson, which we've talked about, like mm-hmm. did a revision by the way, like they did resolve to take this stuff out about George the Third. Mm-hmm. Um, they were kind of like, dude, you need to go therapy yeah, and work this it. stuff out. Like mm-hmm. this is okay. Yeah. Um, but also they did choose not to include that. They could have, you know, started yeah. to end the slave trade there. Yeah. Like, even though it was a little self-serving for Virginia planters, like mm-hmm. that would have been a step in the right direction. Um mm-hmm. however, <laughs> I just want to say, like, this guy, mm-hmm. Jefferson could not take a note. He mm-hmm. viewed all the revisions made mm-hmm. as like a unwelcome and misguided like change. Mm-hmm. He did not believe in any of the revisions. And he also just sat there mm-hmm. sulking while and didn't say anything oh. when they're making his revisions. So he's just like mm, big you sulker. You don't you don't want to do what I'm do want to do. Mm-hmm. Like this is bad. Like it's just like yeah. Oh, like this just like turns my stomach because it's like he will sulk again. Yes, he's a sulker. He is he's a got, sulker. He is, does not take criticism. No. He avoids conflict. Again. He thinks he's right. Everyone else is wrong. Right. Rich That's kid. It. Rich kid. Spoiled brat. Spoiled brat. Jefferson. Yeah. Spoiled brat. So another thing that I just will say about Jefferson is he was a, an adamant record keeper. He kept records of everything. Um, when it came to his record keeping on his finances, he did not do double entry accounting. Now, I don't know if you know what double entry accounting is. Mm -hmm. Look, accountants out there, don't get mad at me for describing this wrong. But basically, it's the idea of 
you don't just go like, I spent this money, it's gone. You spent the money and now it belongs somewhere else. You mm-hmm. spent the money and now it is a resource that you have or you got something else, you got a service for it or something like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. If you aren't keeping track of your finances that way, you are missing the picture. You aren't seeing what's happening. And despite these very like fastidious records he kept, he did not know how to keep these records correctly. And because of that, he missed like huge, like he just didn't understand what's happening on his, on his estate. <sighs> yeah. Um, he also definitely did not know how much stuff like was supposed to cost mm-hmm. is like a thing that comes up, like both when he was dealing with renovations, mm-hmm. when he was purchasing things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when he also was like helping plan later, later in his life after being president, mm-hmm. uh, working on the, University of Virginia, mm-hmm. uh, he also like over, I'm uh, sorry, very severely underestimated what things would cost sure. and was causing some issues there. So mm-hmm. just a guy that really just has like no sense of like no. how to manage money. Like, no, um, never had to. His privilege, his privilege. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay, let's get to, I'm going to try to move us along history wise here. We're going to run through a few things. All right, so in 1777, I just want to note he uh, had an unnamed son that was born and then died. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, from 1779 to 81, so this is still during the Revolutionary War, he ser- served as the governor of Virginia. Mm-hmm. And let's just, like, just to cap capstone it, summarize mm-hmm. it, keep it short and sweet, he, like, sucked at the job. He did yeah. a really terrible job. Obviously, this was during, like, war times. It mm-hmm. wasn't an easy thing, but the economy was in total shambles. Mm-hmm. And um, he kind of just like failed as governor. So mm-hmm. 1780, he writes his one and only book, mm-hmm. Notes on the State of Virginia. This thing will haunt him um, mm-hmm. for better and for worse for the rest of his life, right? Like the things he wrote in there will be Love quoted it. and wrote, written, and he later will like try to like add amendments and notes and revisions to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so he... Definitely could not. This is his last book that he wrote as mm-hmm. well because he definitely, once again, had thin skin. Could not handle the fact that, mm-hmm. like, once you write something mm-hmm. and you put it out into the world, it, like, kind of doesn't belong to you anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so, obviously, that's... Well, how did this haunt him? Well, he wrote some things about views on slavery, mm-hmm. views on indigenous peoples, mm-hmm. views mm-hmm. on um, just the agrarian lifestyle, yeah. condemning manufacturing, mm-hmm. All kinds of things that kind of would be like quoted and like used Mm -hmm. either against him or Mm -hmm. to. So the interesting thing about Jefferson is that he has been used as a pretty much anyone and everyone throughout Mm -hmm. time have kind of cherry picked his ideas and his philosophies um, Mm -hmm. and use them for their own political purposes or to kind of like, Mm -hmm. as we've talked about, like continuing the patriotism train mm-hmm. using Jefferson's words. So mm-hmm. this is a example of how that happened. Mm-hmm. So 1782, uh, he's no longer governor. Mm-hmm. His second, so he had one daughter, Lucy Elizabeth, mm-hmm. that was born and died. Mm-hmm. There was a second Lucy Elizabeth that mm-hmm. was born in 1782. His wife, Martha, dies because of complications during childbirth. Mm-hmm. This is a huge devastation for him, yes. obviously. Um, and the family lore is sort of that mm-hmm. when Martha was on her deathbed, uh, she kind of extracted this promise from him that he would never marry again. Yes. Um, he was inconsolable for weeks, and his mm-hmm. daughter Patsy became his like constant companion yes. here. 
Um, and part of the reason, so he's going to go just much like Adams, go mm-hmm. serve in France um, mm-hmm. from 1784 to 1789. And uh, part of the reason he kind of made that decision was to just move away from the tragedy. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Yes. Martha, or Patty, I should say, fears that uh, he, she cannot stand the, the thought of her children living under her stepmother. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Interestingly enough, there's going to be... Well, they're not going to have a stepmother. They're not going to have a stepmother, but there's going to be some other stuff going on in the house. And also, by the way, I'm going to get to this when he goes to France. Mm-hmm. Not a great dad. Not a great not dad. Not a great dad He's busy at all. with, uh, I don't, Maria Causeway. Causeway. What is it? Maria Causeway. Maria Causeway. Yeah. Yes. Who, so. by the way, I mean, there were some pictures of her. I'm not, I don't want to make it sound salacious, but she was fancy lady. She was fancy. She was hot. She was hot. She was hot. And I think she was a young, was she a young widow? She was a young widow. No, she was married. Oh, that's right. She was married. Yeah, so. so it was never even like mm-hmm. an option. Mm-hmm. That's probably why. Okay. I'm not a psychiatrist, but I'm, I would imagine that is. But I do yeah. practice occasionally. I do feel like that probably was part of it. He's interested in married, widowed. No, just that she was unavailable. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Goes to France. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is five he, years of his life. Loves, loves the France. French. He doesn't want to. He's like, oh, I feel like he's, I shouldn't love this. He doesn't because he is not fancy. He's he's a he describes himself as like just a Western, you know. He's a mountain man. And then Which he gets is such to a France. Joke, but yeah, yeah, such bullshit. He loves the wine. He loves the music. He loves it all. It's like the little like aristocrat inside of him mm-hmm. is just like. <laughs> I can't help myself. I, I have to buy all this wine. I, I have to. He also, and by the way, every single place he lives in temporarily, mm-hmm. he renovates. Yeah, He's oh yeah, like yeah. Doing renovations on like a hotel he's staying at. Like, yeah. he is just like. It's not even, uh, he doesn't even own it. It's no. just like a super eight. It's at a super eight motel yeah. and he's like putting up new wallpaper. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So the fact that he's ever portrayed as being this like, Oh, like agrarian, like every man is like right. so like false. So now, false. Now his beliefs were sure he would. His statement was there was no one like you know the craftsmen, the uh, the yeomen were the backbone of society. Yeah. You know, um, not the you know the 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 others. You know, but he was. Yeah, he was the other. He was the he was the one percent. He was like he was the one percent. He's the one percent. He's the one percent. Um, so he's there. He went with Patsy Mm -hmm. and with James Hemming, Sally Hemming's brother, Mm -hmm. and he was there. He learned French cooking Mm -hmm. while he was there. Um, while he was there, his correspondence with Madison and Monroe begins, and I'm sure we're gonna get Mm -hmm. into this in future episodes. Mm -hmm. But um, basically, he's kind of that's his that's his like. Uh, window into what's going mm-hmm. on I mean, in America. Listen, he's been studying France and the French and the Enlightenment since he was in college, since he was mm-hmm. 17, you know. Now he's there, and just in time, I know this isn't a French history podcast, but we got the French Revolution is coming around the corner Mm -hmm. and so this is the place to be because like not only is there all the bullshit patrician stuff that he like loves he he, you know there's also like all this talk of like high ideals which is where he lives you know in these these thoughts and he's getting to watch you know this play out and this is where he says you know this this quote which gets used of you know the tree of liberty must be 
occasionally watered by the blood of patriots and tyrants. That is yeah. its natural manure, you know, and he's watching this. Yeah, so... Yeah, so he's yeah he's getting like the front row seat mm-hmm. to the French Revolution. By the way, he's there five years. The only thing he really gets done of any significance is with the help of Adams secures a Dutch loan again with the Dutch loans. We love Dutch loans. Love loans. That's that's like what he did with his five years. He put his daughters in convents. Yes. Um, the whole time, but well, he's like not religiously. He's like kind of. A, he is not. He's a, not religious. He is but he puts them there he's, just to kind of keep them away from being like. Becoming like, I guess like, sassy French women or something. Oh, yeah. I don't he know. Want he, doesn't, that. he doesn't want that, but he's like, I guess being a nun is better. But then once, yeah. I think Patsy is like, it, so uh, there's so much that happens in yeah. France, and we're not going to get into the whole thing. I'm sure he Sin- has another daughter shipped there. I was going to say, yeah. So one of does does not one of his daughters die or does the daughter it, dies, and then the remaining daughter he he's like, for. we got to get her over here. Yeah. Um, she doesn't want to go. She's with her grandparents. And she goes. But then he, he asks again. She does go. Yeah. And she is she goes with Sally Hemings. Yes. That's how Sally gets to Paris. And it is believed that they're, um, let's just call it a relationship. There's no way that this relationship is consensual, like, as far as, like, it's not possible for it to be consensual. But so, this relationship is believed to begin in Paris. Yes. Um, he has his daughters in convents. He also meets uh, a woman, like we're saying, Maria Causeway, married woman. They spend six weeks almost inseparable. He's, like, mm-hmm. skirting his duties. Mm-hmm. Now they can't, like, much like the Sally Hemming, like, this guy put on paper what he thought should be on paper. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He did not put stuff on paper that he was very, especially later in life, very mm-hmm. aware of how things were going to be remembered about him yeah. and the the way that these things were going to be looked back upon. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no way to tell if he had a sexual relationship with her, but here's what I'll say. Mm-hmm. They spent six weeks together. She was a, she was a hottie. She was a yeah. hottie. And they're in France and yeah. he's with, like, come on. And, mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. get this. He breaks his wrist trying to like jump over a fountain, his right hand. Mm-hmm. Shortly thereafter, their relationship mm-hmm. kind of ends mm-hmm. and it just becomes like a letter correspondence. Mm-hmm. Listen. Without it being explicit. Yes. I'm this is conjecture. This is conjecture. He breaks his wrist. Mm-hmm. Suddenly she's not interested. Mm-hmm. Right hand. That's mm-hmm. his dominant hand. Mm-hmm. Now she's not interested. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I'm not gonna say anymore because it's not appropriate to say mm-hmm. on the podcast, mm-hmm. but let the let yes, I understand. I understand what you're saying. This is probably I, irrelevant, but this is not but specific. It's Getting us back on track. Getting us back on track here. The Constitution was drafted while he was in France, mm-hmm. and he was kind of like he was not happy that he wasn't involved. Mm-hmm. He was not ha- like he kind of tried to be as involved in, as possible, like through his correspondence with Madison. Monroe. Mm-hmm. He was kind of like, hey, hey, tell yeah. him this, tell him this. Yeah, tell hey. I heard this thing in France, like. Tell them about I mean, this. Like, tell them yourself. Like, Come back to America. Back <laughs> get back over here. I... All right. I think here's a thought, a theory. Mm-hmm. So, Articles of Confederation. Yeah. I think he would. I think he was kind of. I wouldn't go as far. He was not anti-constitution. He was not happy mm-hmm. with the amount of centralized government. He kind of was yeah. like anti any centralized government. Think... Like he wanted it to be as weak as possible. He viewed it as yeah. too strong in the constitution. I think he would have been happy with mm-hmm. like something like the Articles of Confederation staying mm-hmm. the status quo, even though mm-hmm. it was it kind of like made it so that the federal government couldn't do much. He yeah. sort of preferred it to be that way. So even though it was yeah. like not super functional, he was kind of whatever. 
His vision, I believe, was that there would be a series of state constitutions and it would be like a patchwork quilt through the country of, you know, shared ideals, but different, uh, you know, different applications. Yeah. By the way, again, idealist, not realist. Um, So he kind of was like not realizing that. And also there is this controversy that will come up, like especially later in life of him arguing with Adams, with Madison um, about what the thing that was a, supposedly achieved by the constitutional, not the constitution, yeah, by the start, like what were they all trying to achieve, mm-hmm. right? What were what were they all trying to achieve in this controversy of what that was? To mm-hmm. him, it was like, we're like revolutionaries. We are totally doing away with, trying to do away with as much as possible with mm-hmm. central government. Whereas they saw this as like building a new framework in yeah. order to like, you know, run a country mm-hmm. in a new way. Like he was very dissatisfied with the direction that the country was going in. Like, yeah. and he was, oh, there's a lot there, but mm-hmm. let's do, 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 Just going to say 1784, Lucy Elizabeth does die, mm-hmm. um, which is the daughter that uh, his wife had like when she passed. The, this is his last child other than Patsy. Is that correct? I'm not. I think so. Okay. I think I, so. I'm not sure. Like the amount of like births and deaths yeah. that happen is very. In total, uh, his wife, he has six children with his wife and only one survives. Okay. Adulthood. Yeah. Yeah. Over so of course years. we talked about in the Washington episode that he serves as the first U.S. Secretary of State. Mm-hmm. And this is an important time period because mm-hmm. we're seeing the creation of political parties well which he comes back yeah oh to, yeah he to america back, and he's been off in france yeah he's been watching revelation revolutions happen um back in america it's kind of one of those things where it's like they have not actually changed that much they are actually heading towards uh what looks like to him he's coming back of a monarchical society yeah He's very concerned about this, the strong central government. This is not what he had in mind. Um, And he is now Secretary of State to Hamilton's Secretary of the Treasury. They're the two closest advisors of Washington. And they are pulling him in different ways. Yes. And Washington wants very much for them to be able to get along. They cannot. And also, I just want to note, like, this Mm -hmm. idea of Jefferson as this, like, figure of, like, this this big American figure Mm -hmm. in history begins while he's in France. So when he's in France, Mm -hmm. he's, like, talking himself up and, like, sort Mm -hmm. of marketing himself in such a way to the French Mm -hmm. that that word is now going back to the States Mm -hmm. and building up his reputation in this more positive way Mm -hmm. back in the States. So it's this interesting, like, reciprocal thing. So he comes back, he's Secretary of the State, Mm -hmm. and then he's, um, we start to see, because of this, yeah, Mm -hmm. this rivalry with Hamilton, Mm The birth, the quote unquote birth of the political party mm-hmm. here, which is really a faction, right? So it was an opposition yeah. to the Federalists. It wasn't so much like we're going to create this party, but like he had these ideals, right, for what pre- Republicanism meant. Yeah. Um, but this was in contrast to um, the Federalists. So yeah. this is sort of setting a precedent of its own because 
he's a different party from Washington. Mm -hmm. And when he's vice president with Adams. for Adams, again, a different party. Yeah. And this could have been really a chance to if he if he if things had gone, if he had maybe pushed for more mm -hmm. bipartisanship mm -hmm. and had been less. But this guy was so mm -hmm. like strong in his views, yes. even though sometimes they didn't make any dang sense. Like yes. he this was not going to happen. But this idea of like how cool would it have been mm -hmm. to when he was VP under Adams or when he was secretary of state under Washington to have yeah. these two different parties represented that yeah. were working together in a more constructive way. But of yeah. course, it's not what happened. He like things don't end up well with Washington there. Mm -hmm. um, and he sees himself as the true spirit of 76. He's like, mm -hmm. I'm the real revolutionary. Mm -hmm. Like y'all are like just so deluded. You've mm -hmm. gone away from what we were doing. Mm -hmm. He was like pissed about this. Like, yeah. and, and he really thought himself as like, Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm the revolutionary. Yeah. Y'all are sellouts. He was like, y'all all sold out. Y'all like, sold out. And it's like, no. dude, like, we got to no. run a government. Like, yeah. what the? So he, he goes, like, in 1793 mm -hmm. back to, um, this is after he, he serves under Washington. He's like, okay, I'm yeah. done. Bye. Back he, to Monticello. He, in the fight for Washington's favor, he feels as if Hamilton won. Yeah. And so he, it's sulk number two. Sulk number two. Sulk back to Monticello. Adams, by the way, is like, look, Jefferson, he can think he's being noble all he wants, but the second he has a chance of power, he will be here, you know. Yeah. Post haste. Adams knows what's up. Adams is reading the room. He's reading the room. Reading the room. He knows. So he's chilling at Monticello again, 19, mm -hmm. sorry, not 1973, 1793 mm -hmm. to 1797. He <laughs> so he's, he's like, gets a little bored. He definitely uh -huh. um, admits that this is like, uh, okay, maybe a low point for him. He's like yeah. very isolated. Um, he's convinced his political career is over after mm -hmm. being secretary of state. He's only 51 at the time, uh -huh. but he cannot help himself, of course. So by 1796, he's back in it. Mostly because he was the Jay Treaty was passed, mm -hmm. he was so against it. Basically, because it was like making an alliance with uh, England, the, Jay the Treaty? British Jay Treaty, like John Jay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, this to him was like, this is just like Ugh. traitors. This is bullshit. This is bullshit. What about the revolution, man? Come on, man. <laughs> All men are created equal. Yeah. Remember? Remember what we said. You can't go, you can't make treaties with them. Yeah. It's like, basically it avoided war with England. So it's like, mm -hmm. sit down, Thomas Jefferson. Mm -hmm. Come on. Um, Take a chill so pill. Then, huh? Take a chill pill, TJ. Take a chill pill. And then, of course, he, we have the election mm -hmm. with him versus John Adams. Adams wins. He's mm -hmm. vice president. Um, he did make it known before this that if mm -hmm. there was a tie, Adams should be president because he did, even though they're basically equals, mm -hmm. Adams is older. Mm -hmm. And he does view him as like being kind of like, at least chronologically, like more mm -hmm. should be the one to get the yeah. position. Adams does become president. Mm -hmm. um, and basically the role of VP lets him stay at Monticello and like mm -hmm. chill. He does write a letter to John Adams after losing. But mm -hmm. then Madison is like, hey, um, so that letter that you asked me to mm -hmm. take a look at, yeah. uh, 
I feel like it's probably not a good idea for you to send it because um, mm-hmm. it's just like a little too like nice and like I think it might be like I don't know trying to uh, mm-hmm. extend too much of an olive branch mm-hmm. and like we don't really want that because like we really want republicanism and like the republican party to like stand mm-hmm. strong and like we're against them so John Madison. yeah James mm-hmm. Madison is like mm, maybe I know. he's trouble <sighs> because he's here's trouble. the thing John Adams and Jefferson were friends. Yeah. Despite all their differences, yeah. they were friends. They were able to see, but then so James look- Madison is like, mm-hmm. oh, you're friends with him? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. that's interesting. So he advises him not to send. Jefferson doesn't send. This puts mm-hmm. a dent in the relationship. And like I was saying, mm-hmm. uh, squashes the chance at any mm-hmm. kind of bipartisan- bipartisanship mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. in the Adams administration. So. Adams serves as one term. Mm-hmm. We have that election. And then, and then we have the next election. It gets it, nasty. It is dirty. 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 Uh, Hamilton starts a paper. Uh, yeah. Jefferson starts a paper. Everyone's starting papers. And just publishing. Like, yeah. Yeah. Everyone's starting a zine. It's like. Yeah. Uh, everyone's like. Attack, you know, like attacking. We talked mm-hmm. about the election, la- that election last mm-hmm. episode, but nice. man, he, yeah. So he comes in, he's president, 1801. Mm-hmm. All right. Now. First term. First Sorry. term. Great. I mean. <clears throat> okay. Listen. <laughs> I don't want to describe anything he does as great, but. Yeah, no. Listen. He did all the things he said he was going to do. Yeah. And it's widely regarded as, as one of the most successful presidencies. Uh, it's terms, I should say. Because his second term sort of falls to shambles. But Louisiana Purchase. This basically gets everyone out of our yard. France, Spain. Yeah. It's it's going to be It's just going to eventually United be States. Like, It's going to be taken over. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's too much. They're um, like Spain I mean, is still has a large amount of it, but they are but it's, it's large like they're kind of like eh, we'll deal with that. It's an issue of access at a yeah. certain point yeah. because things have got to come through the East Coast. Yeah. And you just can't yeah. It, it's it's realizing it So okay. I have I have I have many thoughts. I'm mm-hmm. gonna try and concisely mm-hmm. like get through them about sure. this stuff. First thing I wanna say about his presidency is mm-hmm. he had very minimalist presidency as much as possible right so his idea was that he was going to use executive power Mm -hmm. to limit executive power right now he hated conflict he -hmm. never unless absolutely necessary brought his whole cabinet together Mm -hmm. he made zero public appearances in Mm -hmm. his entire presidency Mm -hmm. okay i'm just painting the picture of what this guy was doing yeah he did have dinners but he generally did not want people to talk about politics at these dinners Mm -hmm. um and he i don't know if he really liked hosting these dinners but like Mm -hmm. this is the way that he kind of Mm -hmm. did his like version of whatever public appearance would be yeah um john marshall is on the courts Mm -hmm. um they became to vehemently hate each other Mm -hmm. like big time they were big big enemies Mm -hmm. um and as president not only was jefferson trying to limit executive power with executive power but Mm -hmm. he very much hated the Supreme Court, hated mm. the judiciary, mm-hmm. kind of believed it shouldn't exist. Yeah. And um, because to him, it was the furthest from, like, the furthest removed from, like, the will of the people, so to speak. Now, yeah. a couple things about this. Like, he definitely was, a lo- like, believed in local politics, mm-hmm. believed in um, keeping things as local as possible. Um, but, of course, his idea of who... <laughs> like has the right to vote and like Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
who the people yeah. are is still very much like mm-hmm. of the time, right? So yeah. white men and right. earlier on in his life he believed white land holding men. Yeah. Um that view does change over mm-hmm. time. Like, okay, good for you, I guess. Yeah. Um so he's kind of coming into this with all that now. Yeah. He was obsessed mm-hmm. with lowering the national debt and he did so. He succeeded in this. Okay. Now he reduced spending. He believed the debt was the enemy. Adams had built up the navy. Mm-hmm. He wanted to basically unbuild mm-hmm. up the navy. Right. So, you know. so here, here is an example, like I mentioned earlier, of the double entry accounting. Uh, in this example of the navy, yeah, you have a debt, but you also have these ships. Yes. And these ships are property, and they're a resource that you use to propel others from your shores and you don't have these other things happen the same thing that allows him to write this very idealistic document but not actually live up to any of its or you know its principles fully also prevents him from seeing the very realistic i mean look we love john adams the navy was his idea that was his and it was a great idea and as a spite you know jefferson's like we don't need it Eh, reduce it yeah uh and was not a good it led to the embargo embargo act of uh 1807 which i think pretty much that was second term and that was not that was second term yeah yeah sorry basically that was like so his first term goes pretty well right we Mm -hmm. have the louisiana purchase Mm -hmm. um i don't think that the louisiana purchase necessarily was quote unquote a good thing Mm -hmm. it started a lot of issues however Mm -hmm. i will say that i do think that it was inevitable, right? Like yeah. this idea of it. Because um, mm-hmm. France didn't want to hold on to it. Napoleon mm-hmm. was like really eager to sell it. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting about it um, is that Jefferson went against literally everything he believed in in order to make this purchase. Yeah. Um, this was an extra constitutional mm-hmm. uh, action, mm-hmm. right? So now he was someone that wanted to do uh, uh, stay as much in inside of the constitutional requirements mm-hmm. of the executive branch as possible and to minimize it. And yet he does this thing that is an extra constitutional thing. Now mm-hmm. I'm not going to decry him too much for that. We know he's a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. He made this decision very pragmatically. I mm-hmm. think anyone who was president at the time probably would have made a similar decision though. I will note John Quincy Adams was against the resolution. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited to get into like his thinking on that, yeah. but um, he made this decision because to him, westward westward expansion, Mm -hmm. the idea of the West, this like mythology of the West was a higher priority to him, even over his political ideology of pure republicanism. So he makes this decision, right? It's very like (laughs) against his nature, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's going to cause a lot of issues. Yeah. Okay. Because now we've got all this land. He, He actually instates kind of this like, temporary government right that is also against the idea of pure republicanism there Mm. and this is also like again i'm not going to decry him for doing something self-serving within the political sphere but um the idea is that all these people that are going to occupy that land are probably going to be republicans oh yeah because they don't want too much government overreach Mm -hmm. right that's uh, the antithesis of the idea of the west Mm -hmm. so um he, he makes this decision. It's a big decision. It's kind of the thing that he's known for in his presidency, and, and rightfully so. But I I just want to say that I think it was something that was just inevitable 
because of everything that had happened so far and kind of like the the way that North America was looking at the time. Mm -hmm. This was in an an inevitability, but I don't know if it was... Like, I don't know if we can credit... If, okay, if anyone had been president at the time, I think they would have probably made yeah. the same decision is what I'm saying. Yeah, so he didn't... Just, he wasn't wheeling and dealing to no, make this happen. Not really. It he did a little bit, but Yeah. Yeah. He... You know what? Adams did some stuff like ending the quasi-war and mm-hmm. all that stuff that set up his first term to be, like, pretty great. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, as we will see throughout history, and we've mm-hmm. seen in recent presidencies, mm-hmm. when someone works really hard in a mm-hmm. previous presidency, it takes a few years for those receipts to mm-hmm. show up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so when a president works really hard and then that to do something to make yeah. change, they don't get the credit, yeah. right? The next president, because things are good during their presidency, mm-hmm. gets the credit. Mm-hmm. So I'm just trying to keep... I'm just trying to, like, infuse that idea of, like, yeah. Yes, he had this great first term, but like a lot of stuff just kind of timing wise, mm-hmm. like fell into his lap. Mm-hmm. And his second term wasn't great. And I will also apply that same like idea to that, which mm-hmm. is that it's not his fault the Napoleonic Wars were like mm-hmm. revving back up and England and France were back at it. Mm-hmm. And that they were like, like, okay, well, now's a good time to take American ships. Like, yeah. yeah, should he have not maybe taken away so much in the Navy? Sure. But mm-hmm. my issues with Jefferson have less to do with like his presidency, other than the fact that like he. There were things that maybe, like, for him, for Jefferson, and all of his problematicness, and all Mm -hmm. of his, like, hypocrisy and all Mm -hmm. of that, acted as Jefferson would. He acted with this idea of, like, trying to decentralize, Mm -hmm. even though he was the central government. Mm -hmm. Um, He has this, like, very almost dangerous, like, uh, he's an idealist, not a realist. Some decisions are made in that vein. Like he's he's setting up these policies for, you know, the removal of yeah. American Indians. Yeah. And he's going um, and he believed like either they need to anni- like assimilate or be annihilated, yeah. basically, is what he believed. Yeah. So, um, you know, he's perpetuating all these things that are going to be, you know, are like atrocities. Mm-hmm. And he's perpetuating all these things that if he had maybe, I'm just saying his presidency... Was his presidency? Mm-hmm. Was his presidency? Mm-hmm. Things happened. Yeah. Sometimes out of his control. Mm-hmm. He made generally good decisions mm-hmm. for Thomas Jefferson, mm-hmm. I will say. But mm-hmm. um, you know, <sighs> he's, yeah. he's 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 uh, he's not an easy person to talk about. Yeah. Because why was he racking up? He knew he was racking yeah. up bills when mm-hmm. he was doing all this stuff at Monticello, buying all this stuff. Mm-hmm. He racked up a ten thousand dollar bill. Of wine in his first yeah. term alone. Yeah. So this is a guy that was reckless with money. Yes. And he was all talk, no action on yeah. a lot of this stuff, yeah. right? He wanted to be the spirit of 76. Well, show me you're the spirit of 76 mm-hmm. and continue to um, advance freedom. But yeah. his idea of freedom was different than what freedom yeah. actually is. So he be sulking off in Monticello. He be sulking. He be sulking. So the thing about Thomas Jefferson, uh, he did become... He, as we, I mentioned at the beginning, he ended up losing, overspending everything. He had no money. Yeah. Um, he had to sell his, all his books, his library of over 8,000 books became the Library of Congress. And at a certain point, he realizes that he is insolvent and he's not going to be able to, uh, he's very old. There is a quote where he is basically saying, I was four years ahead on the slavery issue that he wanted to like 
you know, abolish the slave trade or whatever. He is very much doing that rep, that 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 history, that revisionist history of, hey, I was against this from the beginning. Yeah. Well, but he was against a very specific thing, and if you kind of get, I mean, listen, hard to say this, but it, he was creating more enslaved people by yes. impregnating Sally Hemings, Sally Hemings, yes. and others, yes. many others. And by the way, it was it was. Proved in 1998, like through DNA testing and Monticello, like as an institution, as it stands today, like recognizes like Sally Hemings children as Thomas Jefferson's children as well. So the only, by the way, the only slaves that he freed Mm -hmm. were those children were Mm -hmm. of the Hemings family, basically, but not including Sally Hemings. So yeah. And we will never really know mm. the extent of any of this because, again, he not only was – he left a paper trail mm. on what he wanted to leave a paper trail mm-hmm. on. And he spent, after he was president, mm-hmm. to – his basically his life post-presidency was working on Monticello, mm-hmm. working on Monticello, obsessing, mm-hmm. obsessing. He had lots of visitors, correspondence. Mm-hmm. He restarted this correspondence with John Adams. And the two of mm-hmm. them – we're basically engaging in like not only like a debate over what had happened and sort of mm-hmm. taking each other to task, like to a point they didn't like let things get too heated mm-hmm. and sort of mm-hmm. would like drop things when they entered certain territory. Yeah. But they were doing this for posterity's sake, a hundred percent. And they mm-hmm. both have like acknowledged this in their mm-hmm. letters. They're writing these letters to sort of for us mm-hmm. now. And Jefferson also wrote lots of little notes and amendments mm-hmm. and little things and like, started writing an autobiography, mm-hmm. um, all to kind of show this quote-unquote real version of the history. Mm-hmm. So he was hyper, hyper aware mm-hmm. that he was going to be known as the man that wrote the Declaration of Independence. Mm-hmm. He had been sort of crafting carefully mm-hmm. his public persona. Mm-hmm. It's almost like this guy had a PR team that yeah. was like telling him what to do. I mean, that's really mm-hmm. how it ended up. And the reason that he is who he is to us today Mm -hmm. is largely because of those post-presidential years Mm -hmm. where he's writing, he's revising, Mm -hmm. he's adding footnotes to everything that happened, edits. So it's no shock Mm -hmm. that there is nothing that exists pretty much about him and Sally Hemings and their relationship, right? Because that's not what he wants to be remembered as. That's too messy. Though Mm -hmm. I will add Mm -hmm. that during his presidency – Mm. There was, um, this was all, this was out there. Mm-hmm. This was not like a secret yes. that we learned now. This was written in a newspaper article yes. just basically saying like, this slave of his has a child named Tom yeah. and it bears quite a resemblance to him. Yeah. You know. And of course there's not the the, the quote unquote proof that we have now. Right. But this was a, a controversy that was alive and well at the time. Yes. But was def- people just kind of went like, eh, because yeah. this was common with Virginia planters. Yeah. So was debt, by the way. So he's not extraordinary yeah. in any of these yeah. ways. Um, he very much just represents like the problems with that entire population yeah. of Southerners. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, his presidency was going so well mm-hmm. that these things were just kind of like, eh, yeah. who cares? Um, oh, Americans, will yeah. we ever turn a blind eye? We'll turn a blind eye when things are going good, but and I guess good, yeah. if things weren't going well when those came out, if this had happened during his mm-hmm. second term, mm-hmm. maybe it would have been more of a controversy. Mm-hmm. So anything that has to do with Jefferson and the way we remember him has mm-hmm. to be taken with the, the yeah. knowledge that he he wrote the book on it, basically, Yeah. in yeah. the later years. Yeah. After he had spent all this money, blah, 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 he did 
take on more debts until his death. Uh, and he chose to live his remaining years in this, like, enjoying fine wine and reading books and all yeah. these things that he had no way to actually be paying for. Um, and he could have set free the people that had worked for him. Yeah. When he passed away, they were set. No, they were sold. Yes, because he had so much debt. Um, so. And he did free a few of them before he died, by the way. So. Maybe. Yeah. Th- this idea that like his hands were tied, like he he yeah. he said things like, "Oh, if, uh, trust me, if I if if if, <laughs> listen, to me. if anyone would, if anyone were gonna end slavery, it'd be me. I'd be the first guy in line. I'd be ending yeah. it. It's like he talked like that all the time. He's, He's like, just... listen, I'm not. I didn't start slavery." I didn't start Listen, it. It's great. We're victims. He saw himself as a victim. I'm just a long sigh for Thomas Jefferson. A long sigh, Thomas Jefferson. So he finally is done with his presidency. He resigns Monticello. He has a relationship with he has the, the pen pal friendship with Adams. John Adams. And then he as the 50-year anniversary of the de- signing of the Declaration of Independence is coming, coming, coming along, he is invited. He, of course, is not able to go to this. Does this sound familiar from last episode? <laughs> so exactly what happened to John Adams. <laughs> They're both the last two founding fathers, the founding daddies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as the day approaches, Thomas Jefferson has... Is it the fourth? Is it the fourth? He keeps asking. It's like a car. And then finally they say, yes, sir, it's the fourth. And then a little later that day, 5 p.m., John Adams says, at least, uh, what does he say? Thomas he says, Jefferson Thomas survives. Jefferson survives. Yeah. And then he dies. Which? But as it turns out, unbeknownst to him, a few hours earlier, Thomas Jefferson had died. So this, listen. This story is insane at the time. Yeah. People I mean, lose it. Nothing. Imagine how we felt when Betty White died. Yeah. It's like that a billion. I'm just I like Well, they were like the celeb like yeah. I mean, there wasn't much of that back then. So Yeah. <clears throat> right, okay, so I also the book I read for this episode mm-hmm. was American Sphinx, The Character of Thomas Jefferson mm-hmm. by Joseph J. Ellis. Yes. I had some issues with the book. Yeah. This was definitely like, I think he he was a little too easy on Jefferson yeah. and also was unnecessarily critical of John Adams. Of course, of mm-hmm. course, I have an issue with that because I'm the exact opposite. Is this, what a traitor. Yeah. Why, why would you turn on my beautiful John Adams like this? I know. And by the way, I think... I think one of his most dangerous ideas that we didn't, we haven't touched on is that he thought of this idea of like a generational changeover. So anything that was carried, basically once the generation was over, Uh -uh. any debts or laws or court decisions or anything should be absolved and should start fresh. Well, of course this is an extremely impractical thing, but he like believed this. He thought like, well, you know, the whatever, it's it's all for the living. Life is for the living kind of thing. Okay. And, but then it's like, this is taking, much like how he doesn't understand how money works. Mm-hmm. It's like, how do you think this practically is going to play out? Yeah. Like, 
Jefferson had some ideas that definitely needed to exist in contrast to federalism, right? We can't just have, especially yeah. at the beginning of this country, mm-hmm. everyone's feeling burned by the mm-hmm. British. You mm-hmm. can't just have this unbridled, you know, idea of federalism yeah. without this check these checks and balances. Now, the idea yeah. of federalism versus republicanism is sort of baked into how this country should work, and it should be this constant compromise mm-hmm. between the two. Mm-hmm. So in the way that he represents the Republican ideals, there is mm-hmm. nothing inherently wrong about that. Both need to exist. Mm-hmm. Basically, just how our Constitution is and checks and balances have yeah. been built up. He very much represented that other side of that. Mm-hmm. Now, we've gone a completely different direction, and we're going to see that totally like we're going to see that move throughout history as we talk mm-hmm. about each of these presidents. But, you know, the ideas that he has aren't incompatible with the way that, you know, America functions and the way the politics no. function at all. Mm-hmm. He was just uh, very staunch in his beliefs and he wasn't exactly, he wasn't a fan of conflict and he wasn't really a fan of compromise. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's issues with that. Yeah. And we're going to come across a lot of guys who oh. have issues with this stuff. So. Oh, Yeah. Are we going to have a lot of male ego issues coming up? This is not only a presidential history mm-hmm. podcast. This is a study of the male mm-hmm. ego. Yes. Study of the male ego. Study so of toxic masculinity. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. I think that in no way did we cover Jefferson in full. There's no way to. There are I people who fill. literally, I've got my full. Like Jefferson, Jeffersonian studies, you can mm. spend your whole life on. So yeah. Please, seriously, if there's if there's something that you think we missed that we didn't get mm-hmm. right, that please send us an email, send yeah. us some links, send us whatever, like, and we will issue corrections yeah. and amendments and all of that because, you know, we're just two presidential hobbyists and we just read some books and did our research yeah. and we're trying to do, like, a good job for each of mm-hmm. these presidents, but we're going to have, you know, mm-hmm. there's going to be holes. So just, just yeah. sending out that reminder. We're all here to learn. We're all here to learn. Including us. Including us. Starting with us. Everyone's here to learn except for Thomas Jefferson. He never, he never Never learns. learns. (laughs) Never (laughs) learns. Thomas. But we've got one last thing to discuss. The most important thing of all. Oh, yes. (laughs) Uh Which is Thomas Jefferson. Yeah. Astrological. Uh Uh-huh. Sign. And I know this one. What is it, Trent? He's an Aries. He's an Aries. What did I say? Oh, boy. You did say there's going to be a lot of Aries. Aries. I did not look this, by the way. Now what's going to happen is people are going to say, he looked this up. They're going to suspect me. No, and you really didn't because I I remember you said there's going to be a lot of Aries. And then I like looked at a list and I was like, there are a lot. But I didn't even tell you that. Oh, you. So, oh, so you did. Okay. I did know that there were going to be more Aries. Oh, like, so after yourself. you said that, like, I was like, it's going to happen. Now, mm-hmm. this makes sense totally because he is like rebel, rebel, rebel. Mm-hmm. He's like spirit of 76. Mm-hmm. He's got these like crazy ideas. That he's mm-hmm. like <laughs> yeah. pushing and he won't let go of. And he's like ringing up the case. He, he literally believed that a little revolution now and then mm-hmm. was good for things. Yeah. So. I don't know what's the tree of liberty. Yeah. Yeah. He here's here's what I'll say. He creates a beautiful like tableau of statements that can be used by lunatics. (laughs) Because they're so extreme but so eloquent. You know? Yeah. 
His words are easy to take and use for whatever ends. Whatever purpose. Yes. So, well, I'm glad to have this one under my belt. I am too. And we'll be diving in to Madison for our next presidential episode. I'm I'm going to take a, a little Jefferson nap after that. Yeah, same. All right, well, this has been... Pardon me, a A presidential presidential history podcast. podcast. (laughs) Um, And that's how you know you're done.